0: Hey there friends, it's Nick and this is episode 474 of the Story Hacker podcast. So I bang on all the time about the power of story in business and it seems only fair to give you real real world examples from time to time and practical examples because I want people to understand, I want you to understand that we're not just talking about the big leader legend kind of vulnerability kind of piece, we're talking about how stories can address you know, little things like objections. And I wanted to talk about one of the stories that really was very important in the creation of my business back in the in kind of the late 90s. So if, if you don't know, um, in the mid 90s, I was working at IBM. I was a senior producer really in their, what they called their new media lab. And um, <laughs> in 1997, I threw a bit of a strop, I handed in my notice and I sort of accidentally started a business now for the first couple of years that was mostly consultancy um really but um over time it gradually evolved into a web agency uh, my mate mike came on board and um you know the business was building and because of the ibm connection i was actually getting to pitch to some re- relatively some relatively big organisations because Although IBM wasn't synonymous with creativity, I think it's fair to say it was certainly synonymous with quality and kind of stability. And I'd worked with brands like Lever Brothers, uh, American Express, um, you know that kind of thing. So I was getting into some meetings, and um, that was when I had I had I had this issue because actually although I was maybe, I don't know, talking to a fairly significant UK theme park, this would be 1999, about us taking on their whole kind of website. Um, And the bottom line was there was two of us in my company at that stage. And I can't remember, but maybe even Mike was still part-time at that stage. I can't quite remember when he came on full-time. But... um, But... This question used to come up a lot about size, and what I used to do is tell a story. Because before I'd worked at IBM, I'd worked in a TV production company. So I would often, in these pitches, work into the conversation my experience at the TV production company. Because, you know, I'd gone into this interview in in Winchester where this production company was set, and been sort of... I'd been sort of flabbergasted about how small and pokey the place was. You know, I was thinking studios, secretaries, um, edit suites, lighting rigs, you know, camera technicians. I was thinking all of that kind of stuff. And what my first proper job actually was, was was essentially a two-room kind of... Hopefully it's too strong a word, but, you know, there was no natural light kind of place. And a guy, um, lovely fella, a Scots fella, who had been a producer with the BBC and had started his own production company some years before, and made he made documentaries, he made things um, like science documentaries, he made corporate videos, he made um, uh, sort of... Adverts and stuff like that he you know he made a whole lot of stuff, but his company was essentially him and his computer and a couple of staff when I went for my interview, and uh, it was partly because at that time he was branching out into um new media, so he was looking for <laughs> i think he was looking for someone who could write um, which I could someone who had their own computer, which I did. And someone who was cheap, which I was. But I remember that moment when I went into the interview, thinking this is the opposite of what I expected a TV production company to be. Um, but of course, I was really naive. And in in you know fast forward six years or so, so I'm talking to someone you know a potential client, a prospect, inside a meeting, trying to win this business at a theme park. And in the meeting, I say I was really naive, Okay, because that shows um, some sense of vulnerability. We've all been naive. I said I was really naive because, you know, actually one of my early jobs was a runner on a shoot. And what's amazing is, of course, that when you're actually doing one of these TV programs or you're doing uh, a TV advert or a corporate video or something on the day that you're doing it, suddenly everyone's there. You've got the cameraman, you've got the sound man, you've got the lighting technician, you've got the stage manager or the floor manager or, the, you know, whatever it is. And the value of that model, of course, is that if you just bring people in when you need them, you can pass all the savings on to the clients and it rapidly, massively reduces the cost of the clients. And I used to say... And this is the model we're using at Semantic, my agency, because we want to be agile, we want to be lean, we only want to charge you for the things that, that you need when you need them. And this was true, this was, you know, it was totally true, all of this, but the truth was, I guess, that very, very rarely did we ever call anyone in to help us, but it was a story, if you like. A little story that allowed the the prospect, the potential client, to kind of file the way the fact that we were so small, just two people, as a positive, to explain it as a positive. And so often I think when we're trying to to move people, you know, down a kind of a pathway towards a sale, in a you know, in a positive way, assuming that we are actually right for them, um, you know, we always have to think for sort of second order conversation, so you know, I'm having a, a chat with the marketing director of a theme park, um, or the the PR director, or the whoever it might be, well, they also have a boss, and when that boss says, "Hold on, you've hired a two man company to do our whole website," they need to have an answer for that. Yeah, so we want to. This is what we were talking about the other day with empathy. Uh, on Christmas Day, I talked about my mum and the importance of empathy and obviously when you're pitching with something you are putting your story across but you are helping you're helping your prospect um giving them powerful stories that they can tell um and did we win every pitch no but do you know what we won a lot considering uh, (laughs) considering how small we were how new we were it was a really interesting conversation because essentially my story in those early days was listen you're getting IBM quality, but for this small price because we use this very early sort of agile, sensible, practical film model where we only bring in people on the day that we need them. And, um, you know, the other upside of this was, you know, in the early, well, late 90s, early 2000s, big ad agencies in London who were used to getting all the television money and the advertising budgets and what have you, we're also developing, um, you know, web departments, digital departments. And um, we looked astonishingly good value <laughs> next, to, next to some of those guys. And it was important, it was, excuse me, it was important to have a reason why. And that little story, that little story about me being surprised and learning this thing, you know, a few years earlier really helped sell semantic my agency as a good decision by someone and of course once we started doing the work as we've discussed the best way to tell a better story is to be a better story to do the work to be amazing to create a lot of um, goodwill once we were in there it rolled on and in fact that particular company worked we worked with for years years and years um so i think it's really useful to have sometimes practical examples of of how these stories can make a difference and to understand that they can be quite small they can be quite small and if you if you work in it you build this little web this little mythology web that allows you to deal with certain objections and there were other objections of course as well and i'll maybe i'll tell you the stories that we used to to deal with them another time but um if you can understand and capture and deploy stories cleverly, you know, because what I would usually do is work that story into the conversation before the question about our size ever came up. You know, you don't wait until the bomb is ticking to defuse it. Right? And that was one of the ways that we made our stories mean business. Gosh, that's a long podcast for me. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And remember, your story means business too. Hey, this is Nick. Thanks again for listening. To dig deeper, search for story.business.